Section 26 of the Underground Railroad, Part 4. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michelle Fry. The Underground Railroad, Part 4, by William Still. Section 26. Arrival from Richmond. John William Dungy brought a pass from ex-Governor Gregory. He ought to be put in a cage and kept for a show, said Anna Brown, daughter of the hero, John Brown, at the house of the writer, where she happened to meet the above-named Underground Railroad passenger. He had then just returned from Canada, after being a refugee for years. In the meantime, through the war and the proclamation of Father Abraham, the fetters had been torn from the limbs of the slave, and the way to Richmond was open to all. John William, on this occasion, was on his way thither to see how his brethren together with their old oppressors looked facing each other as free men. Miss Anna Brown was en route to Norfolk, where she designed to teach a school of the unfettered bondmen. The return of the refugee was as unexpected as it was gratifying. Scarcely had the cordial greetings of the writer and his family ended, and the daughter of Brown been introduced, before the writer was plying his refugee guest with a multiplicity of questions relative to his sojourn in Canada, etc. "'How have you been getting along in Canada? Do you like the country?' First rate,' said John William. "'You look as though you had neither been starved nor frozen. Have you had plenty of work, made some money, and taken care of yourself?' yes when you were on the underground railroad on your way to canada you promised you were going to keep from all bad habits how about the critter do you take a little sometimes no i have not drunk a drop since i left the south replied john william with emphasis good i suppose you smoke and chew at any rate no neither i never think of such a thing now don't you keep late hours at night and swear occasionally no sir all the leisure that i have of evenings is spent over my books as a general thing i have not fallen into the fashionable customs of young men miss brown who had been an attentive listener remarked he ought to be put in a cage etc he was twenty-seven years of age when he first landed in philadelphia in the month of february eighteen sixty per steamer pennsylvania in which he had been stowed away in a storeroom containing a lot of rubbish and furniture. In this way he reached City Point. Here a family of Irish immigrants, very dirty, were taken on board, and orders were given that accommodations should be made for them in the room occupied by J.W. Here was trouble, but only for a moment. Those into whose charge he had been consigned on the boat knew that the kettle and pot closet had often been used for underground railroad purposes, and he was safely conducted to quarters among the pots. The room was exceedingly limited, but he stood it bravely. On landing, he was not able to stand. It required not only his personal efforts, but the help of friends to get him in a condition to walk. No sooner had he stepped on shore, however, then he began to cry aloud for joy. Thank God! rang out sonorously from his overflowing soul. Alarmed at this indication of gratitude, his friends immediately told him that that would never do, that all hands would be betrayed, that he was far from being safe in Philadelphia. He suppressed his emotion. 
after being delivered into the hands of the acting committee where he was in more private quarters he gave full vent to the joy he experienced on reaching this city he said that he had been trying earnestly for five years to obtain his freedom for this special object he had saved up sixty-eight dollars and fifteen cents all of which but the fifteen cents he willingly paid for his passage on the boat fifteen cents the balance of his entire capital was all that he had when he landed in philadelphia before leaving the south he was hired in the family of ex-governor gregory of the governor and his wife he spoke very highly said that they were kind to him and would readily favor him whenever he solicited them to do so he stated that after making his arrangements to start in order that he might be away several days before being missed he told mrs gregory that he would be glad to spend a week with his mother she lived some distance in the country as he was not feeling very well she kindly acceded to his request and told him to ask the governor for a pass and some money the governor was busy writing but he at once granted the prayer wrote him a pass gave john five dollars adding that he was sorry that he had no more in his pocket and john bowed and thanked the governor and soon got ready for his visit but his route lay in a far different direction than that contemplated by the governor and his lady he was aiming for the underground railroad as has already been intimated he was not owned by the governor but by the feral heirs five children who had moved from virginia to alabama years back every feral that lives is down on slaves they are very severe said john yet he had not suffered as many others had who belonged to them as he had been a dining-room servant at one time they had owned large numbers of slaves but latterly they had been selling them off contrary to john's wishes his alabama owners had notified him as well as the governor that in a short while he was to be taken to alabama this induced john to act with great promptness in leaving at the time that he did after passing several years in canada as has already been noticed he returned to richmond and paid a visit to his old home he found that the governor and his wife had both departed but two of the daughters young ladies still lived they were both glad to see him the younger especially she told him that she was glad that he escaped and that she prayed for him the elder remarked that she had always thought he was too good a christian to run away another thing which she referred to apparently with much feeling was this on his way to canada he wrote to the governor from rochester that he need put himself to no trouble in hunting him up as he had made up his mind to visit canada she thought that john was rather naughty to write thus to her papa nevertheless she was disposed to forgive him after she had frankly spoken her mind john found richmond which so long had held him in chains fully humbled and her slave power utterly cast down his wondering eyes gazed until he was perfectly satisfied that it was the lord's doings and it was marvelous in his eyes he was more than ever resolved to get an education and to go back to virginia to help teach his brethren who had been so long denied the privilege it was not long before he was at oberlin college a faithful student commanding the highest respect from all the faculty for his good deportment and studious habits after advancing rapidly there the way opened more fully to pursue his studies with greater facilities and less expense at a college in one of the eastern states 
he accepted the favors of friends who offered him assistance with a view of preparing him for a mission among the freedmen believing that he possessed in a high degree the elements for a useful worker preacher organizer and teacher as the friends alluded to were about taking measures to start a college at harper's ferry especially for the benefit of the freedmen they anticipated making this latitude the field of his future endeavors at least for a time ere he graduated in view of the fact that the harvest in the south so urgently called for laborers he was solicited to be an agent for the sorer college and subsequently to enter upon a mission under the auspices of the free will baptists in martinsburg virginia for three or four years he labored in this field with commendable zeal and acceptability gathering young and old in day and sunday schools and also organizing churches by his constant labors his health became impaired receiving a call from a church in providence he accepted not without knowing however that his mission was to be left in faithful hands to carry on the good work footnote the appended extract from an official circular issued by the board of instruction of storer college will throw light upon this institution storer college harpers ferry west virginia this institution deriving its name from john storer esq late of sanford maine who gave ten thousand dollars to aid in its establishment is located at harbors ferry west virginia and has been characterized with full powers by a special act of the legislature the corporation has been regularly organized a large tract of land has been purchased ample buildings have been secured and a normal school has been in successful operation during the last eighteen months the u s authorities have repeatedly expressed their confidence in and sympathy with this undertaking by liberal grants of money and buildings and the agent for the distribution of the peabody fund has pledged pecuniary aid to the best of the pupils in attendance who may be in need of such assistance rev j calder d d president harrisburg pennsylvania harpers ferry west virginia march first eighteen sixty nine reverend n c brackett acting secretary harpers ferry west virginia and footnote there is still need of efficient laborers in the shenandoah valley according to the testimony of mr dungie scores of places may still be found where the children have no school privileges and where many both young and old have never had the opportunity of entering a meeting-house or a church since the war as the spirit of the white christians in these regions is greatly embittered against the colored people owing to the abolition of slavery and they do not invite them to either church or school indeed the churches are closed against them at different times mr dungie has eloquently represented the condition of the colored churches of the south in the city of philadelphia as a speaker mr dungie is able and interesting of good address remarkably graceful in his manners and possessing much general information the subjoined letters received from him while a fugitive in canada are characteristic of the man and will repay a perusal Brantford, march third eighteen sixty mr william still dear sir i have seated myself this evening to write you a few lines to inform you that i have got through my journey and landed safely in brantford where i found my friend stepney brown 
and we expressed great joy at meeting each other and had a great shaking of hands and have not got done talking yet of the old times we had in virginia i thank god i am enjoying vigorous health and hope you all are well as it is written in the first psalm blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful i wish you may think of me often and pray for me that i may grow a man one of the followers of our meek and lowly saviour give my love to mrs still the family and the reverend mr gibbs that was residing with you when i was there i must now inform you a little about canada at least as much of it as i have seen and heard i arrived in the city of hamilton on the fifteenth of february eighteen sixty at nine o'clock in the evening and the weather was dreary and cold and the cars laid over there until ten o'clock next day and i went up into the city and saw a portion of it i then started for toronto arrived there the same day at twelve o'clock there i met friends from richmond remained there several days during the time we had a very extensive snowstorm and i took the opportunity of walking around the city looking at the elephants and other great sights i liked it very much but upon hearing that my friend and brother stepney brown was in brantford I became dissatisfied and left for Brantford on the 21st of February, 1860. I have found it very pleasant and have been told it is the prettiest place in Canada. It is built upon the Grand River, which is 200 miles long and empties into Lake Erie. It rises to a great height every spring and great masses of ice come down, bringing bridges, saw logs, trees, and fairly sweeps everything before it. The people who live upon the flats are in great danger of being drowned in their houses. I got a situation immediately at the Kirby House by the influence of my friend and brother, Stepney Brown, who I must say has been very kind to me, as also have the people of Brantford. The Kirby House is the largest hotel in the town, about 250 rooms, and a stable at the back with a gas house of its own no more at present but remain yours very respectfully john william dungy p s write at your earliest convenience and oblige your friend j w d brantford april twentieth mr still dear sir i feel myself quite lonesome this evening and not hearing from you lately i take this opportunity to drop you a few lines i have not much to say Brother Brown has left for the falls and expects to return next winter. The weather is mild and warm at this time. The grass is putting up and begins to look like spring. I thank the Lord I am enjoying good health at this time. I hope this letter will find you and your family well. Give my compliments to them all and Mr. Gibbs and the young lady that was at your house when I was there. Times has been hard this winter, but they are increasing for the better i wrote to you a few days ago i don't know whether you got my letter i asked in my letter if mr williams was on the pennsylvania that runs from there to richmond virginia i should have written to him but i did not know his number i also named a friend of mine mr Plummer. if he arrives there please tell him to come to brantford where i am for there are good chances for business i think a great deal about my colored brethren in the south but i hope to be a benefit to them one of these days we have quite a melancholy affair about one of our colored brothers who made his escape from the south those who took him up have gone back to obtain witness to convict him for murder 
these witnesses to be here on monday twenty-third instance but the defendants of the law says they shan't take him back unless they bring good witness and men of truth i will write you more about it after the trial comes of i must say a little about myself i want to devote myself to study if i can for the next twelve months i expect to leave the kirby house on the fifth of may i have taken a barber shop which is a very good situation and one hand employed with me i would be much obliged if you would give me some advice what to do i sent you the morning herald yesterday which contained an accident which occurred on the g trunk r w you will see in it that we don't have much politics here the late destructive fire we had i thought it would have kept brantford back this summer but it is increasing slowly i have nothing more to say at this time i hope the lord may bless you all and take care of you in this world and after time receive you in his everlasting kingdom through jesus christ our lord answer this as soon as convenient good-bye yours respectfully j w dungy brantford c w january eleventh sixty one mr william still dear sir i take this opportunity to drop you a few lines to let you hear from me i am well at this time hoping this will find you the same i acknowledge my great neglectness of you with great regret that i have not answered your letter before this i hope you will excuse me as i have succeeded in getting me a wife since i wrote to you last my mind has been much taken up in so doing for several months past give my compliments to your wife and your family and mr gibbs also hoping they are all well tell mrs still to pray for me that i may grow in grace and the knowledge of the truth as it is in jesus i often think of you all i pray that the time may come when we will all be men in the united states we have read here of the great disturbance in the south my prayer is that this may be a death blow to slavery do you ever have any underground railroad passengers now times have been very prosperous in canada this year the commercial trade and traffic on the railways has been very dull for these few months back business on the buffalo and lake huron railway has been so dull that a great number of the hands have been discharged on account of the panic in the south canada yet cries freedom 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 i must now say a little about my friend and brother stepney brown he lived about six months at the niagara falls and is now going to school here in brantford he sends his best respects to you all he and i often sit together at night after the labor of the day is over talking about our absent friends wishing we could see them once more mr brown and myself have been wishing for one or two of your slavery standards and would be much obliged to you if you would send some of the latest please let me hear from you as soon as possible i must now bring my letter to a close and remain your affectionate friend j w dungy p s may the lord be with you j w dungy address your letter to john w dungy brantford c w end of section twenty six